We're going to be reading from Ephesians this morning. I'm going to read the two uh, prayers that the apostle wrote in in the book of Ephesians. Starting in chapter 1, verse 15. For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened so that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you, what are the riches of, the, of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of His power toward us who believe. And then uh, in Ephesians 3, verse 14 through 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. If you would just pray with me, Father, we thank you for your word. We ask for the ability to see and understand what you have to say to us, the heart to to want to be changed by it, a, a willingness to 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 seek to apply it, a desire to do so. We ask for clarity as I try to communicate uh, from your word. We pray that what you had to say to the original audience would come alive in this audience. In Christ's name, amen. Uh, We are still waiting to start back in Hebrews because I wanted you to be able to discuss it uh, in in our discussion groups. And and so we do, uh, we should be picking up this next week. But uh, I just wanted you to, to be able to kind of wait for that to come and so hopefully uh, we won't have another snowstorm uh, come in this week that will kind of push us uh, uh, back another week so anyway um, I I did want to go back to something that we have studied before uh, because I do think it's something that is really important and I was actually meeting with a guy uh, I guess it was Friday morning maybe um, and he is uh, he's presently in jail, but he is, uh, and he's done some things that, you know, several years back that, that you know, got him in trouble, and so um, he, he, but in the midst of that, like, as he's kind of had time to think and reflect on 
what he has done in his life and looking back over his life, uh, he's really been drawn to the faith that was taught to him, uh, the Christian faith taught to him as a, a very young boy. And he grew up a- around the church and those kind of things. So he is interested in uh, walking in a way that would be pleasing to God. He's trying to learn and grow. And, I, and so as I was talking to him, I, I opened Ephesians for him. And just it's somewhere I go often with people just to really think about when you step out into a world where you're free again to do whatever you want to do, uh, what are you going to rest in to keep you? And the reality is, is he's not going to perfectly do that. Nobody in this room perfectly does it. But I do want him to, to be a, like that to be brought to the forefront of his mind. Uh, because life, like sometimes when you, uh, you have in your mind the way you want to live, all of us do, and yet you find yourself not being there, not living there, making mistakes, acting foolishly, whatever, and you think, why am I here again? And, and you have to run back to the reality of the gospel, both that you can be forgiven, you are forgiven if you're in Christ, and yet you're still sinning, but at the same time, how does a forgiven sinner uh, have the power to live differently? And we got to keep going back to it. Nobody in this room, some of you that might really think you got it together in here, uh, if we were to be able to expose you, you know, really expose you for what you are, you would be, uh, you would walk out of here with your head down, right? I mean, that's the reality for all of us. And so uh, I think we have to go back and say, okay, it is true that we can be forgiven in Christ and we could be simultaneously like a saint and a sinner. It's totally true. Uh, but we also need to go back again over and over and say to ourselves, is there power to live differently in this present world? And if so, what is that power and how can I live in light of it? And so that's kind of where we are today in Ephesians. We're trying to, again, which we've done before, but comprehend what it means to walk in the power of the gospel and how God has changed us and empowered us to live differently and so uh, hopefully when we come out of this that you will um, you know you you will be able to kind of see that more clearly uh, I was uh, actually this morning listening to a little bit of a biography of a young uh, man William Borden who died at 25 and uh, as as they were talking about him in his life there was just uh, this marked kind of commitment to Christ and, and the gospel on display in his life and one person said well we should put on his tombstone apart from Christ there is no explanation for such a life and that I mean is that what you'd want apart from Christ there is no explanation for such a life I mean that's that would be the desire right and so that's kind of this driving desire that we should have. And what we should do then is say, okay, how is God helping us? How is God helping us live such a life? And really, because we're not, none, I don't think anybody here is going to look back and say one day, uh, well, they won't, I know they won't, 
they will not stand before the throne and be like flexing their spiritual muscles, right? None of you here, you know, you may do it here on earth, you know, sometimes because of your sinful, foolish heart, but nobody's going to be doing that. Nobody. And so, or you may have some giant in your mind spiritually that you talk about constantly. And the reality is, you know where they're going to be before the throne? They're not going to be flexing their muscles, you know? And so, when we really get this, we understand that like any power on display in our life is the result of something that has been given to us, and we want to walk in it, but certainly it's not something we can give ourselves credit for. And so, if you've studied the book of Ephesians, which many of you have with us, you know in verses 3 through 14 that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So that's what he says. And then he goes on to say, or lay out for us all these spiritual blessings that we have. And that's really like at the heart of things. It's like I need to understand I have been blessed spiritually. Your blessings don't come from your effort, but rather from the effort of God, the work of God. The work of, in Ephesians 3 through 14, 1 3 to 14, the triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit, working in redeeming lost people. People that are really sinful, people that are messed up. And so that passage lays that out in 3 through 14. When you go to verses 15 to 23, there is this prayer, a prayer that follows this amazing teaching about our triune God saving us. And when you get there in 15 through 23, look at verse 15 and 19. For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Now here's the thing. The first part of the prayer, thanksgiving for what God has done in the life of these people. The second aspect of the prayer is his petition. And he prays that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. The knowledge of who? In the knowledge of Christ. So he's wanting, he's longing for that all these blessings that he have received in Christ, he is praying that they would have spiritual eyes to see them. That the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. Uh, that you would be able to see in a way that whatever kind of spiritual perception that there might be there or that's lacking there, that there would be clarity. That they would be able to see. That in a way, like you could say, that whatever kind of like uh, the scales on their spiritual eyes that are there, that they would fall off. Or, or that they would, you know, you, you can think of all the different things today, all of the surgery with eyes that they can do to help you see when you could not see. You're kind of saying like, Lord, make their spiritual eyes work to the fullest degree that they can see. So I think that's 
we want to see that. The eyes of your heart enlightened that you may know what is the stuff you want to know. You may know what is the hope to which he called you. So that's kind of forward looking. It's like I want to see my future. A lot of times when we do things that are in rebellion against God, hurtful towards others, it's somewhere along the way we can't see beyond the circumstance, right? And so he's saying, what is the hope to which he has called you? So you're looking forward. What are the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints? Uh, which certainly tied to adoption if you go back to Ephesians 1. But really, again, with our sinfulness, a lot of times it's like it's because we're our, we have not cast our eyes to the heavenly things with a heavenly vision of what this is all about. So he says, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And, and this becomes kind of like the central prayer here because it, it's something he's going to build on throughout Ephesians. What is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? So there's kind of this, I think, looking to the future and then the power for the present. It's the enabling grace for the present. It's the ability to stand in the present. What is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? It's just, it's kind of one of those things like what, what is the energy? Because the deal is, if you're honest, when you're thinking about living the Christian life, you may say, I'm really tired. I'm getting old. I am worn out right now. I have too much going on. I struggle too much with this sin or that sin. I've been carrying that for years. You don't know my past. You don't know what struggles I've faced. You don't know the trouble in the present. You don't know what my spouse is like. You don't know this and that and blah, blah, blah. And it's all this long list. It's a long list of things that you say you use as excuses for walking in the power of the gospel. They are excuses, right? You are saying to yourself, I, I don't have the strength to do it. I don't have the energy to do it. I don't, whatever. What, what are those? Are those truths? Are they spiritual truths? Are they truths? No. No. Are you reminding yourself of truths then? Are you writing the story of your life, the narrative of your life? Are you writing that out and it is based in and steeped in Scripture? No. You are writing that story and you're believing it. Every time you write it in your mind, you are believing it. Every time you cast your eyes upon that and say, this is the truth. This is the truth. You're reading that narrative. Let me ask you this. Are there people that you say, you know what? I know them. I know the story of their life. I know the chapters. And I've written the future chapters of their life. Are there people that you look at and you say, you know what? This is who they are. There's no transforming work. There's no power of the gospel for them. There's none of that. 
I mean, that's scary. And honestly, we're all in danger of that at times. But what we want to say is, if they are in Christ, the immeasurable greatness of His power is toward them. Right? There's energy there. There's a supply there. There's something that you can plug into there. There's something you can walk in there. There is power available there. And if they are in Christ, what they need most is for you not to be writing the story of failure over their life, but instead writing the story of may God help them see the immeasurable greatness of His power toward them. Right? Isn't that right? Isn't that what we want to see? Is that not what we want to pray? Is that not what was on Paul's heart? In the present, may His power be on display in their life, be written on their mind. If you have a young teenage son or a young teenage daughter or one in college or an older child and you're praying for them and you know their sins, you know the patterns that can draw them away, what are you praying? You're praying that the eyes of their heart would be enlightened. You're praying that they would know the hope of the calling. You're praying that they would understand the riches of the inheritance that we have in the saints. And you're praying that the power of God would sustain them, hold them, keep them driving forward towards Him. That's what you're praying. You don't want them to believe that the powers of this present age have more power over them than the power of God. You don't want them to give in to the powers of this age. You don't want them dominated by the powers of this age. Now, just in case, which I all the time forget this, if I need an illustration of power to lay alongside the truth, what would it be? Verse 20 to 23. According to the working of His great might that He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion above every name that is named. What's He saying? He's saying you need an illustration? Here's an illustration. The power that is at work in the believer is the same of the same kind as the power that raised Jesus from the dead and seated Him in the heavenly places. That's shocking, right? Because you might say to yourself like, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this anymore. I can't fight this fight anymore. I can't stand anymore. I can't keep walking in this way anymore. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And, and, but the reality is, it's like, hold on just a second. What does he say? The power that raised Jesus from the dead 
the immeasurable greatness of this power is toward us who believe. That's the illustration. Powerful illustration. And then, if you're still saying, I don't know, I'm not sure, like, I, I don't know, can I stand? Is there strength for this uh, life that we are to live? Is there a way to, to stand fast to, to the Lord in this present age? Ephesians 2 he says, you remember he's just said, the illustration is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Then he says, you were dead. You were dead to spiritual things. You were powerless. You were actually under another power. You were dominated by another power. You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, which is in the spirits, I mean it says, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom you also lived in the passions of your flesh, carrying out the desires of your body and mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. What's he saying? Listen. His prayer is that you would walk in the power that's been provided to live the Christian life. And he says, hey, do you think there's enough power there? Remember that power that raised Jesus from the dead and seated him above all powers? And you go, oh man, are you serious? And then he says, guess what? That power has already operated in your life if you are in Christ. You say, what? What? You were dead. You were spiritually dead. The gospel was preached. The Spirit comes in and brings you to spiritual life. And you who were a dead man walking are now alive. You've been raised. That power's already worked in you before. It woke you up to spiritual realities. It helped you see the gospel. It caused you to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It broke the powers of this present age. It destroyed their grip on you. The chains of darkness and death and corruption and evil and sin that just had you bound. And you didn't even know it. You were like at the bottom of an ocean, chained to the bottom of the ocean, dead in your sins. And the Spirit's power came and broke the chains and resurrected you to life. You've already experienced it. You just forgot. You already know it. You've experienced it before. If you are here today in Christ, the only reason that you believe the gospel is because the Spirit came to a dead man and brought him to life. Verse 4, But God being rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places 
in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1, in that prayer, he prays that they would know the immeasurable greatness of His power towards us who believe. He then follows it up and says, that power that raised Jesus from the dead is operating in you. And then he says, remember, as Jesus was in the dead, you were dead spiritually, and He brought you to spiritual life. And you might say, yeah, but I can't keep fighting the fight. I don't have the power to just, I just, I can't. I can't overcome it. You don't understand. My desires are so great. Are they? They may be great. But His power is greater. That's what He's saying. You used to be totally dominated by the passions of your flesh. That's a reality. And do you still struggle with that? Yes. But is it more powerful than the power that raised Jesus from the dead and brought your spiritually dead tail to life? Is it more powerful than that? No, it is not. It is only in your mind if you believe that it is. It's only because you're believing the lie. And what does the Bible do? It exposes the lie. And it tells you the truth. And so you want this morning to expose the lie. And you say, the powers of this age, the darkness of my heart, the sins that have dominated me, the sins that keep showing up, that grip me. Do I still battle with them? Yes, why do I battle with them? Because oftentimes I am not coming to that place where I can see the immeasurable greatness of His power toward us who believe. Right? And so I have to fight and say, Lord, give me a vision of what You have done. What You have for me in the future. What You've done for me in the present to stand. I don't want to believe the lie anymore. I know I go back to the lie. I don't want to go back to it. I don't want to go back. Some of you here might not be thinking about a sin. Some of you might be saying, I can't do the work God, I feel like God has me to do. I can't do it. I just can't do it. I can't keep doing it. Everybody has those moments. If you have actively... Now, some of you have been on like autopilot cruise control in your spiritual journey, and you had not extended yourself enough spiritually in the past decade to really feel this, but just if you have. Are you ready? 3-7. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of His power. So you, you might be here saying like, I'm not as much concerned in this moment about the clutches of this present age dragging me back into the junk. 
what I'm struggling with is I know I have like to do this Herculean effort before me. I've got this thing that I'm fighting against, struggling for, and everything in me is saying, like, I don't have anything left in the tank. And I would just say, and all of us need to say to one another, we need to see by the working of His power, He gifts and empowers those gifts for us to do the work He has for us to do. Paul's in prison. Paul's in prison. And it, these are, this is one of the what they call the prison epistles. And you know what he said? I think it's in Philippians where he says, I'm in chains, but the gospel's not in chains. It's just not. And sometimes that's what it feels like when you're trying to do work in the name of the Lord or whatever you think. Good night. This is the hardest th thing that you ever do. It doesn't work. I mean, it's like, what's going on? And the reality is, he empowers us, he's with us, he strengthens us, and he keeps us. Now, let's keep moving forward. I want you to see in flip, uh, Ephesians 3, verses uh, 14 to 21, we read. I just want you to go to verse 20 and 21, and I want you to see those last two verses. Before we do, let's, look, let's think back. You ready? I just want you to think back with me. In Ephesians 1, when he starts that prayer, he prays that they would understand, comprehend with the eyes of their heart the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. That, that's just that you would know that. He illustrates that immeasurable greatness of this power, the immeasurable greatness of his power on display in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He further illustrates that by saying, you were dead under the clutches of this present world, dead to spiritual things. God's power showed up. The Spirit brought life to you and brought you up from the dead. You believe, and so it's the result of God's supernatural work in your heart of regeneration. He brought you from death to life. And not only that, so He's not only given you that victory of life, He is sustaining you even now. And He's not just sustaining you to do nothing, but sustaining you to do something for His glory and for His kingdom. Chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, If his power is immeasurable, then the things that he could do with us are incomprehensible to us. Is that, is that right? Is that what he's kind of... To do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. Like, I really can't think all that stuff up. I mean, I may have this kind of like dream of doing something. And again, we have this kind of weird thing of like it, that dreams have to be something that uh, everybody knows about, you know, that we can take a picture of, right? And we can post it. You know, that's, that's kind of the dream kind of thing. It's like, can I tangibly show it to the world? You know, I, I don't think that's just what we, what we need to think of here. 
I think there are so many things that happen that nobody ever sees that are immeasurably more than you could ask or think because you think, how did he do that? And oftentimes I think sometimes like you have, you're not going to live a long, a long enough life to be able to see what he does. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. It just kind of came to my mind thinking about uh, Anna's grandmother who for years prayed. And I mentioned her to you a lot. But she like prayed every day. Long list of people every day. Even after she was really, really older and didn't really know. kind of, she, she had always been such a hands-on servant and a prayer warrior when she got beyond the place where she could go out and do stuff, there was written on her uh, place where she would get ready um, this little thing where it's like, Lord, I don't even know what you want to use me for, but I know you have me here. I don't know exactly how it went. But it's like, but it, it, she was still here. And so her prayer life just kept growing. My thing is, it's like, did she, could she have known all the things to pray for? Did she pray great things? Yes, but did she even, could she even comprehend all that the Lord could do with those prayers? No. Is He still working in light of those prayers? Yes. Have generations been affected by those prayers? Yes. Is God, the prayers of His saints are the means that He uses oftentimes to accomplish things that you might think in your mind, oh, I can fix that with my money, with my time, with this. What are you like? You're kidding me. Come on, man. Like God is doing things that nobody ever sees behind the, the curtain that you guys don't ever see, that I don't ever see. And it's done, and it's immeasurably more than the one who is most faithfully saying, God, give me a, a marvelous vision for their life. Let me pray for those people. And he's doing stuff that we don't even understand and sometimes i think we want to be able to say oh i could post about it but it's not about that it's about saying lord i know you can do more than i could ever imagine and you could do more through us whether that's a prayer of intercession whether that's with our hands with our voices with whatever he can do more than we ask or think According to the power that works within us, what is that power? It is the power that raised Jesus from the dead, the power that has raised us from the dead, and the power that enables us in the present to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. And if you're sitting there saying, like, I don't have much to do, I can't touch many lives, I can't do this, I can't do that, or you're so caught up in pursuing, and it's hard, it's, it's a struggle, the wrong stuff. Like, you need a redirect this morning and say, God, let me walk in the power that you have provided, the immeasurable power that you have provided, so that I may be able to do for your glory and honor beyond anything that we could ask or think. Let the church do that today. Let me as an individual do that today. I, I don't think maybe I even would say, maybe I don't have that much time left, but it doesn't matter as long as you are here. 
may you be found faithful to pray that God would do what He has promised that He would do within His people for His own glory and His name's sake. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So today, last couple of things. We have the power to walk in humble service. We have the power to work with one another. We have the power to employ our gifts to serve one another. We have the power to put off our old self and put on the new. We have the power to live uh, uh, sensibly in this world, to put off sensuality, greed, deceitful desires, to live righteously. We have the power to not use corrupting talk, but give grace to those who hear. We have the power to let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander to be put away, along with all malice, and instead to be tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave us. We have the power to walk in love and not hate. We have the power to, as a wife, to uh, submit to our husbands, ask to the Lord. And as a husband, we have the power to live our, love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. We have the power, if you're a child in Christ today, you have the power to obey your parents in the Lord, to honor them. And if you're a father today, you have the power to not provoke your children, but to discipline them in the instruction and discipline of the Lord. If you're a worker for someone today, you have the power to work as unto the Lord as you know that you will be giving an account to them and to Him. We have the power to stand against the schemes of Satan. We are soldiers in His army, and Ephesians concludes with the fact that we are, put on, we are to put on the armor of God, which is the power to stand and to fight against the schemes of Satan. So, are you exhausted, downtrodden, ready to give up, struggling? Stand fast in the power that He has provided, the resurrection power, the Spirit's power in this present age. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We ask for wisdom that we might see with the eyes of our heart, that we might stand fast in the strength that you provide. We ask you to do this in the power of your name. We thank you for the power of Christ in us. We pray that we would walk in it. In Christ's name, amen.